guys, you're listening to the Braveheart Podcast. For more information about Braveheart Ministries, visit braveheartministries.org. So the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin, the Bible says, is what? Interesting. The power of sin is the law. So here we have the penalty of sin is death, which affects our spirit. But the power of sin is the law, which affects our soul. What's your soul? Mind, emotions. Your mind, what you think, your will, what you want to do, what you desire to do, and your emotions, how you feel. So the law actually gives power to sin. Here we have the three promises of God, the three works of Jesus, the three graces that are supplied to us through the works of Jesus, the three effects of sin, and the three aspects of our salvation upon uh, the human being. So um, what happened after Jesus died and He rose again? What happened? What was the very next thing that happened? Okay, yes, yeah, so that's here at the grave. So he's crucified. He goes into the grave for three days, mm-hmm. takes the keys back, puts his foot on the you know devil's head, bruises his heel. Okay, takes the keys back to death and Hades. Now he's got them. Yay. And he comes back, roaring back from the grave. And then what happens? He reveals himself to his disciples, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And... He breathed on them in the upper room and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Y'all remember that? John 20? He's like, Receive the Holy Spirit. So, did they have the Holy Spirit? John 20, verse 22 and 23. We can go, we can look at that, but I'm saying from this text, if Jesus says, Receive the Holy Spirit and does this, did they receive the Holy Spirit or no? Because Jesus resurrected is saying, Receive the Holy Spirit, and then breathes upon them. He, he literally takes a deep breath, His resurrected self, upon these guys. I believe in this moment, they were born again. They were not born again until that moment. But in that moment, He breathed upon them, and they received the Holy Spirit, and they got born again. And the grace of God came upon them. They were forgiven of their sins. He took out their spiritual death, Right? And he said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. If you forgive the sins of any, they will be forgiven. If you withhold the sins of any, they will be withheld. Now, the reason why we're stumbling over that is because we have likened the cross to the forgiveness of sins. Now, I want to say this. Forgiveness of sins existed before the cross. True? True. How? It existed in two ways, two primary distinct ways in the Old Covenant. Okay, so there was sacrifice of blood and animals, and it would forgive people's sins, would it not? You're saying they would be forgiven? So they would do something, and the blood of the animal would actually atone for what they did, and they would leave with a clean conscience after they performed the ritual sacrifice, and they would go, ah, I'm forgiven. Right? I'm just going to expedite this. When John the Baptist came, what was he proclaiming? The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming, and then what was he doing? 
He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. What was his message though? What was he doing? He was baptizing in people in water for what? Mark 1, I think. Help me, Lord. I think it's in Mark 1. <clears throat> yeah, Mark 1, chapter 4. Uh, 1, 4. Some, I'll just read it. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Look at how bananas this is. John is dunking folks in a river (laughs) proclaiming forgiveness of sins. This is a... He's in Israel. How do you forgive sins in the Old Covenant? And dude comes with camel hair and locusts and honey and says, you can be forgiven and I'm going to dunk you in a river? Do you understand why he was so hated by the religious people? This was a massive departure from what they've known. Let me ask you, were people's sins being forgiven when they were dunked in that water? Yes. What? You're telling me that their sins were forgiven with no blood? So now, listen, listen. Woo, listen. This is Jesus said of John the Baptist. He said of those born of a woman. Those born of a woman, there is no man greater than that man. Do you know he said that? Do you know he said that? He said, "But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John." Why do you think he said that? Of those born of... That means every one of you, biblically, is greater than John the Baptist. Watch this. Watch this. Forgiveness of sins. You have blood, water. John 20, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Anyone whose sins you forgive shall be forgiven. Anyone's whose sins you withhold shall be withheld. Forgiveness by blood, forgiveness by water, forgiveness by spirit. Now, forgiveness of sins, here's where our, here's where our understanding breaks down. Forgiveness of sins, this cross in death and burial and resurrection is so far beyond forgiveness of sins producing salvation. Forgiveness of sins is not salvation. I'll forgive people's sins all they want by the Holy Ghost doesn't mean they're born again. It means they're forgiven in the same way that people were forgiven by blood and by water. I now have authority to forgive their sins. Why? Because I have the Holy Spirit. What does that forgiveness do to them then? It then allows them to open up and see what God did for them. It doesn't mean we can get people born again. John announced, John was, the, John was the billboard for Jesus. He was, he was heaven's billboard for Jesus. Can we say it that way? Heaven was like, hey, we need to get some signage. We need to get some, uh, you know, some marketing. Like, what should we do? Like, hey, there's this guy, John. I think he'd be great. 
I think it'd be really great. Marketing campaign. What about their like in heaven strategy session on the whiteboard? And I, I maybe like a serif was like, hey, what if we got them in like like camel hair? You know, like the the whole wardrobe thing. Like they love the wardrobe thing, the diet thing, nutrition. Let's make them like a wild Nazarite. Put them in the in the wilderness. This is a gr- oh, I love this. And the father's like, oh, this is so good. And so they're having this strategy session. And so JTB. He's the original Baptist. I love Baptists because he's the original. The original. And, and he's the billboard and he announces Jesus and he says he's going to do two things. He says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's different than forgiveness. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Do you think it's important to pay attention if heaven's going to send a billboard about the work of the Messiah that we should pay attention to it? So right here, this work of Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection was Him taking away the sin of the world. So much beyond forgiveness. He literally takes your sinfulness, the very core part of you that is prone to wander, that is defiled, that is defamed. He takes sinful nature and He pulls it out of you. He nails it to a cross and buries it in a grave. So when you get born again, you're no longer born of a woman, John 1, you've been born of God. To those who received Him, who believed in His name, He gave them the right to become children of God, born not of man, nor of the will of flesh, but born of God. So why is the least in the kingdom of heaven greater than John? Because you've been born of God. He wasn't born of God. And now that you're born of God, He takes out your sinfulness and you have a divine nature that is righteous because of this work. I'm giving you a lot. This word justification is a legal declaration of righteousness. So when you identified with the death, burial, and resurrection, God wasn't saying you're now positionally righteous with me. He's saying I'm, you're actually inwardly righteous because you've identified with my son. Do you understand that right now, if you've been born again and you've identified with this, what you said is, I'm allowing every part that is sinful in my spirit to be nailed to a cross and buried in a grave. And in the truest part of me, you are a spirit, you have a soul and you have a body, but you are a spirit. Who you really are is righteous. You right now are as righteous as Jesus himself. Now you have all sorts of alarms going off because your soul and your body haven't come in line with that reality. And, and I don't know if anyone's ever given you permission to live and walk by the Spirit. Because we're so used to living and walking by the flesh. Right? So John wasn't born again because the Holy Spirit never breathed on him. Or the Lord never breathed the Holy Spirit on him. Right. Okay. But he's still in heaven. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, because he wanted to be baptized by Jesus. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, I need you to baptize me. Your baptism is better. And Jesus is like, no, it needs, we need to fulfill all righteousness. And I don't have time to go into it. But when, they, when, when the tabernacle was set up, you'll talk about the tabernacle and the bronze laver, the water that was there. It says it was a statute forever, meaning there was blood, there was water, and then they entered into the presence of God. So the water... The water is a statute forever. So Jesus had to go through the waters to fulfill the tabernacle. He's a living, walking tabernacle. Okay? That's why we do baptism. It's a statute forever. 
We go through blood, then we go through water. You see this in, in Israel. They put the blood on the lentils, and then what happened? They went through water. The, the lentil of the, the door. It's called a lentil, the, the frame of the door. They put the blood on the frame of the door. The death angel passed over. But then the death angel passed over them, so they were free from death. But guess what? Their identity in their soul was still chasing them. Pharaoh still chased them after, after they went through the blood. And only the water can take care of, of that. They went through the waters and Pharaoh was drowned. Okay, Kind of a parable. You think about that later. Do you see now that we have the authority to forgive sins, but it's not the authority to make people born again? Do you see the distinction? You have authority. I think, I think so much of the pain and agony in this world is because believers are, are not using that authority properly. You can forgive people's sins. And releasing that forgiveness opens them up to seeing God and experiencing God. Doesn't mean they're saved. It means that you, you give them a window, an opportunity. You say, hey, that doesn't count against you. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Make an asterisk about looking that. You have a ministry of reconciliation. Again, you can just study this out. You've received a ministry of reconciliation. It says this, um, God was making His appeal through us and through Jesus, not counting men's trespasses against Him. And so God then, through our ministry of reconciliation, He makes His appeal through us, be reconciled to God. So that every ministry of the new covenant, and again, John, John says that, he goes, he's, or Jesus says that in John, He goes, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. To do what? To release and proclaim the forgiveness of sins. So, so he breathed on them. They received the Holy Spirit. And then for 40 days, 40 days, he appeared to them. This is Acts chapter 1, if you want to make a note, if you want to make sure I'm being scriptural. And he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he presented himself alive, the Bible says, by many proofs. So then on the 40th day, Ascension Day, Jesus ascends. He ascends into the throne room. Do you know what he did when he ascended into the throne room? What did the high priest have to do to go into the secret place? He puts his own blood on the mercy seat in heaven. You know, the tabernacle is just a shadow of a reality in heaven, right? So when he does that, he secures out of the the heart of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And he he now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit now becomes the most sacred like holy, beautiful thing. Remember what John the Baptist said? The the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Do you know the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe, is the, um, I believe it's of greater importance than this. I really do. It's not disconnected. Doesn't mean this doesn't have value. Doesn't, but it is, it is so, it has been so maligned in our day. It has been so, the fact that someone made it about tongues is such an abomination. It's such a, it's such a, like, it grieves me so deeply that we don't have an understanding and a value and appreciation for the distinct work of Jesus in baptizing his people in the Holy Spirit. We've made it some charismatic phenomenon of power. 
And it's this sacred, intimate thing so tied and connected to the death, burial, and resurrection. It's a fulfillment of what he wanted. It's like the next revelation of, wow, like here he cleans out your spiritual temple. He takes away death. And now you are living under the law. You are living unto God by a system of do's and don'ts. And he says, man, I'm going to so overwhelm that and blow that out of the water. God deals with the power of sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so 10 days later, the 50th day after his resurrection, Pentecost 50, he baptizes the 120 in the upper room with the Holy Spirit. He baptizes them in the Holy Spirit. Now look at this. I want you to see this. I want you to see this connected. Go to Acts real quick. I want to get through this, and we can, you can write your questions down, and we can unpack them tomorrow. I hope you have questions. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And while staying with them, this is Jesus... He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the what? The Father. Mine says wait for the promise of the Father. Jesus takes you and He baptizes the now clean temple that you are. And He, he baptizes you in the very Spirit of God. And in doing so, He breaks the power of sin. And so now... You can live free from the law. You can live under grace. Why? This is Romans 6.14. You go from law to grace. Again, write this down. We don't have time today to go into this. If you have questions tomorrow, we can unpack some of this more. This is is literally, he can take you from law to grace. Romans 6.14. For sin will have no dominion over you. No power. Look at this. Sin will have no power. Why? Because you're not under law, but you're under grace. See that? He's not talking about the penalty of sin. He's talking about the power of sin. So he's not talking about your spirit. He's talking about your soul. Do you see that? And if you don't learn to rightly divide that, Hebrews 9 will confuse you, who says that um, in just as it is, it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. So Christ will return a second time, not in reference to sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. What? What do you mean? I thought I was already saved. Right? Have you ever read that? He's not coming back a second time in reference to sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. Do you know that your Bible in the New Testament talks about the salvation yet to be revealed in the last time. So to close this out, and I'm going to kind of bring this back, there's a third and final promise. What's that promise? It's a work of Jesus that's yet to be fulfilled. He promised the Messiah who takes away sin in our spirit. He promised the Holy Spirit who breaks the power of the law. And He promises His return, which will deal with the presence of sin and liberate us forever. So if I only preach to you this promise and you only see this work of Jesus, it will only give you access to this grace. But when I preach and you understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you get sanctified. And ultimately, the grace of God attached to His return is glorified. You will be glorified. 
It is a grace yet to be revealed in the last time. It's what the scriptures say. Look at this. Don't, don't turn there. I just want to read this. 1 Peter uh, 1.13, you can make a note. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's talking about the last day. So there's a grace that we're to hope in today. There's a hope connected to this grace of glorification. There's a hope. There's a hope, there's a hope, there's a hope. Say there's a hope. Look at this. No, no, just, just, just listen to this. Um, see what kind of, this is 1 John 3. I want to just bring this home and then we're going to. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. Because we shall see him as he is. Look at this, verse 3 of 1 John 3 3. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he's pure. So here's, here's my point three promises, three works. What's the work here? Jesus baptizes us, right? That's the work. Did you do this? Are you baptized yourself? So you didn't save yourself. You didn't die on a cross for yourself. You let Jesus do that, right? So the same way you put your faith in Jesus to receive forgiveness of sins is the exact same way that you see that Jesus wants to baptize you. Just like you saw that He wants to forgive you and take away your sin and make you born again, He wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And all you do is just thank God and you believe in that. If you don't know that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit... You see it. You thank God for it. The same way you put your faith in that is the same way you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You with me? Then He promised that He will return. So if I don't preach God's return to you and you're not hoping in His return, you won't be pure as He's pure. Everyone who thus hopes in Him will be pure as He's pure. Why is there so much compromise and yada, yada, yada in the church? Is because we've preached this alone and we've gotten people born again, spiritually set free from death, and we've given them no power for their soul or for their body. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Braveheart Podcast. For more resources, visit braveheartministries.org.